And so we give God thanks one more time for how he has been leading us uh, through the last three weeks, looking at Leviticus um, chapter 1 to chapter 3 and the various offerings that we we looked on. Just a quick overview, uh, three different sacrifices, which are also called offerings. The Ola, or the burnt offering, which was an offering of a, uh, of a, a sweet aroma that went up before the Lord. And then we had the grain offering, which is also called the Minka. Uh, and then we had the peace offering. And all of these offerings, whether animal, grains, uh, they had to be burnt up on the brazen altar. And, and the smoke that left the altar and headed into the heavens was pleasing to the Lord. And tonight, we're going to be looking on what is considered the, the sin offering at Leviticus chapter 4. And just... To recap, the previous three offerings that we looked on, these offerings were given to deal with the different aspects of man's corrupt nature before God. It allows us to understand that mankind is totally depraved, immoral, wicked, And as such, cannot come near the Lord with that kind of a nature. Oftentimes, we hear how an individual is such a good person. And people will testify about their actions and their service to their communities and so forth. And want to qualify such a one as a good person. And now, we should understand how corrupt man is after the fall. When Adam and Eve disobeyed God and plunged the entire human race into darkness, we were all born in sin in other words we inherited a corrupt nature Uh, and Paul calls it uh, talks about it and he says it talks about the power of sin which is the very nature that's indwelling in mankind it doesn't matter if a man never breaks if it was possible, if he is born and he never breaks one of God's laws, he still couldn't escape the fact that his nature is corrupt. He still could not escape the fact that God has something against the nature that he inherited from Adam. 
That's why good works. Person who displays just good behavior and not necessarily trust in the Lord Jesus Christ will not qualify such a one to inherit eternal life. And now, it is the nature, what we understand from the first three um, sacrifices, that the nature of man, which will determine if a man is accepted by God or not, it is his nature. And that's why those who come near to the Lord will have to have the nature of Jesus Christ. And that such a person receives a new nature when he trusts in the Lord. He trusts in Jesus Christ, the one who came into a sinful world and knew no sin. He did not sin. And once we trust in him, he promises us that he will grant us the gift of the Holy Ghost, which will give, give us the power to do right. And for a quick review, uh, possibly in your own convenient time, Romans chapter 8 will give us an understanding of that. Now, in Leviticus chapter 4, and I'll read from verse 1 to 13. We will not go through the entire text tonight, but 1 to 13. Uh, let me read in your hearing. And the Lord said to Moses, give the following instructions to the people of Israel. This is how you are to deal with those who sin unintentionally by doing anything that violates one of the Lord's commands. Begins with the high priest. If the high priest sins, bringing guilt upon the entire community, he must give a sin offering for the sin he has committed. He must present to the Lord a young bull with no defects. He must bring the bull to the Lord at the entrance of the tabernacle, lay his hand on the bull's head, and slaughter it before the Lord. The high priest will then take some of the bull's blood into the tabernacle, dip his finger into the blood, and sprinkle it seven times before the Lord in front of the inner curtain of the sanctuary. The priest will then put some of the blood on the horns of the altar for fragrant incense that stands in the Lord's presence inside the tabernacle. He will pour out the rest of the bull's blood at the base of the altar for burnt offerings at the entrance of the tabernacle. Then the priest must remove all the fat of the bull to be offered as a sin offering. This includes all the fat around the internal organs, the two kidneys and the fat around them near the loins. And the long lobe of the liver, he must remove these along with the kidneys, just as he does with cattle offered 
as a peace offering and burn them on the altar of burnt offerings. But he must take whatever is left of the bull, its hide, meat, head, legs, internal organs, and dung, and carry it away to a place outside the camp that is ceremonially clean, the place where the ashes are dumped. There on the ash heap, he will burn it on a wood fire. We'll stop at verse 12. There on the ash heap, he will burn it on a wood fire. The first thing we note, it is the Lord that is instructing Moses. This is not man's command. It's not coming from man. It is coming from the Lord. It's the Lord's command. He speaks to the prophet Moses. So give the following instructions to the people of Israel. I have just read part of what is stated by the Lord. He said, this is how you are to deal with those who sin unintentionally by doing anything that violates one of the Lord's command. The subject here, or the issue here, is unintentional sin. And not a sin that someone has planned out and committed. It's not premeditated. It's unintentional. So the individual sins unintentionally he transgressed one of God's law. And here the first one the Lord is dealing with or the first individual is the high priest. If the high priest sins Bringing guilt upon the entire community. Everything we have to observe here. It is called the sin offering. But one thing we should realize from the Hebrew is called the Hata. Which actually speaks of purification. So... This offering is dealing with a person's condition, the impure state that they have found themselves in because of unintentional sin. So the person's spirit is defiled. They're impure before the Lord. Because of unintentional sin. And the Lord begins with the high priest. He said if the high priest sins. Bringing guilt upon the entire community. And here 
we observe very clearly in the text that this person or the high priest has the ability to place the entire community in sin, in guilt. He sins and the entire community is guilty before the Lord. One person, one individual sin. Here we understand that this or the high priest sin is a transgression of the Lord's command or laws as he carries out his duty on behalf of the people. So he unintentionally transgress God's law as he's carrying out his duty and the entire congregation entire community is guilty before the Lord he must give a sin offering for the sin he has committed he must give a sin offering and unlike the offerings that were that we discussed in the the burnt offering or the peace offering we will realize that in the in Leviticus chapter 4 that the kind of offering that is desired of the Lord God takes notice of the value And so the high priest will have to offer a very expensive offering. He must bring a young bull. Must bring a young bull before the Lord. And he must sacrifice it unto the Lord. The young bull, forgot to mention, should be without defects, no blemish, free from all blemish. He must bring the bull to the Lord at the entrance of the tabernacle. Lay his hand on the bull's head and slaughter it before the Lord. Here we see a picture again of substitution. The bull will be offered up for the sin of the high priest. Know that sin here is unintentional. He's got to lay his hand on the bull's head and slaughter it before the Lord. 
sacrifice is done in the presence of the Lord. The intention here is forgiveness of sin. One of the very first principles that we will realize in Leviticus chapter 4 is the is that when it comes to sin the principle of confession before God is quite real. The high priest because he has brought guilt upon the entire community. He seeks a young bull without defect. Lay his hand on the bull. Speaks of substitution. Transfer of one's guilt to the animal that uh, will be sacrificed. And the bull is slaughtered before the the Lord. Next, it's the high priest. He would then take some of the bull's blood into the tabernacle, dip his finger into the blood, and sprinkle it seven times before the Lord in front of the inner curtain of the sanctuary. It tells us, brothers and sisters, that this holy God will not tolerate sin in his presence. This is what the high priest had to do because of unintentional sin. The Lord said, you have sinned before me. Brought guilt upon the entire community. This is the my instruction to you. That your sins may be forgiven. Scripture tells us that the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. Through Jesus Christ. Our Lord. The high priest will then take some of the blood's bull in the tabernacle, dip his finger in the blood and sprinkle it seven times before the Lord in front of the inner curtain of the sanctuary. The priest will then put some of the blood on the horns of the altar for fragrant incense that stands in the Lord's presence inside the tabernacle. He will pour out the rest of the bull's blood at the base of the altar for burnt offerings at the entrance of the tabernacle. Here, before we get into the details of, of what I just read, 
one of the principles that we have to understand, brothers and sisters. And that's going to be one of our key points for the night. Is that forgiveness can only be received through obedience. And if we if we have read the entire passage or chapter of Leviticus chapter four, we recognize that the Lord covered the entire assembly of Israel. Dealing with unintentional sin. He covered the entire assembly. And for, for us to seek forgiveness, we have to understand that we have all broken the Lord's command, whether intentionally or unintentionally. At some point in time, we have all broken the Lord's command. First John 1 and verse 8 tells us if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 3 and verse 23 So the high priest, he receives forgiveness by first confessing his sin. And his sin has caused or caused the whole entire assembly to be guilty. Because he's an ambassador. He's like an ambassador. He represents the assembly or the congregation of Israel before the Lord. And when he sins, it affects the entire community. And as we read through Leviticus chapter 4, we recognize the impact of sin and how one person's sin how it impacts a community and how the Lord himself looks on our judges' sin. Now this, this bull that, that the high priest is asked to offer as a sacrifice symbolizes Christ sense that when we come to him for forgiveness, we trust in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. The difference between this offering or these offerings that we discuss, uh, Christ, is that the Lord 
Jesus Christ offered himself once and for all. This bull had no blemish, no defect. Jesus Christ was perfect, sinless, and became the ultimate sacrifice for us. He stands before the Lord and represents us as the high priest, the perfect high priest. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Hebrews 7 verse 26. For such a high priest became us who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens. Because 4 and verse 4 tells us about the principle of substitution. High priest offered up the sacrifice to the Lord in his behalf, in his stead, in his place as a substitute for him. Christ died instead of us. The wages of sin is death. We were guilty and should have died, but Christ died instead of us. Verse 2 and verse 9, substitute sacrifice had to be killed. So likewise in Hebrews 2 and verse 9, we see Jesus was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. First Peter 2 and verse 24, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. That we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes he were healed. First Peter 3 and 18 For Christ also had once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. Christ the substitute. 
Jesus Christ dying instead of us. The high priest, after dipping his finger in the blood, had to sprinkle it seven times before the Lord in front of the inner curtain of the sanctuary. Uh, that's He's in the holy place. One of these days we will take a, a, a study, do a study on the, on the tabernacle. He stands before the veil. The, the curtain and he has to sprinkle the blood seven times seven is the number of completion it also shows how serious the sin of a high priest was because the sin of the high priest affects the entire nation not just himself and his family or his workers or those who work along with him but the entire nation He also had to sprinkle some blood on the horns of the altar for fragrant incense that stands in the Lord's presence inside the tabernacle. And this was the altar that signifies or symbolizes the prayers of God's people ascending up to God like the sweet Fragrance or aroma, which scripture tells us was pleasing to God. When that blood touches the horns of the altar, it became holy. This is, it's, it's significant to note also. Well, that relates to our or the high priest prayer because where sin is sin must be dealt with before God can act on our behalf it hinders our relationship with God High priest, the guilt must be removed. He wants his prayers and his service to God to be pleasing, his prayers to be answered. And so, as such, he had to place the blood upon the horns of the altar.
Then the priest must remove all the fat of the bull to be offered as a sin offering. Once again, they tell us the fat around the internal organs, the two kidneys and the fat around them near the loins and the long lobe of the liver. He must remove these along with the kidneys. Just as he does with cattle offered as a peace offering and burn them on the altar of burnt offerings. And this too is pleasing, is a pleasing aroma before the Lord. And we recognize how detailed again the Lord is. He's telling the high priest what he desires. He's specific. The Lord is specific. This is what I want to be placed on the altar to be burnt as an offering. And this is positive. It's a holy, it's a holy uh, act. These are the choice parts. We are to be placed on the on the altar as the Lord's portion to be offered up as a burnt offering. The Hebrew word used for this kind of a burnt offering, Hebrews, um, Leviticus 4, verse 8 and 9. This act of burning, burning up, the Hebrew word is katar. And it's a word that indicates the act of burning that turns a sacrificial offering into smoke. A smoke that is that pleases God. Same word that is used in referring to the burning of incense on the altar of incense in the holy place. And this gives us the idea that this is a holy act. It's a holy procedure. Verse 11 tells us, but he must take whatever is left of the bull, its hide, meat, head, legs, internal organs, and dung. And carry it away to a place outside the camp that is ceremonially clean. The place where the ashes are dumped. There on the ash heap, he will burn it on a wood fire. So God specifies what he desires to be a part of his of a holy procedure an act that will 
be pleasing to him. And now, he's telling the high priest that whatsoever is left is to be taken outside the camp. Now, if we understand or if we read um, the Bible carefully, we'll understand that the entire nation of Israel, they camped, they were placed in camps uh, according to their, their tribe, tribe of Levi, tribe of Judah, Benjamin, all 12 tribes around the camp or the, ta the tabernacle rather. Outside the camp, the entire remains of this sacrifice, which was rejected by the Lord, or was not allowed to be placed on the altar as a burnt offering, had to be taken outside the camp. And must be burnt. He said on the ash heap he will burn it on a wood fire. There's another word that is used to describe this burning up. It is the word seraph from the Hebrew. And it means to destroy with fire. To destroy by burning. Seraph means to be destroyed by burning let's look at Hebrews chapter 13 verse 10 going down so it's the undesirable part of the sacrifice that is burnt up. That same word, seraph, is used to describe the burning up of trash, destruction. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 10. So we have an altar from which the priests in the tabernacle have no right to eat. Under the old system, the high priest brought the blood of the animals into the holy place as a sacrifice for sin. And the bodies of the animals were burned outside the camp. 
Paul is referring to this kind of a sacrifice. So also, Jesus suffered and died outside the city gates to make his people holy by means of his own blood. So let us go out to him outside the camp and bear the disgrace he bore. So here we, it is not by chance why Paul, if we believe that he's the writer of the Hebrews, why he wrote these verses. He identifies with the sacrifice here, a sin offering, that Jesus Christ he himself suffered and died outside the city gates to make his people holy by means of his own blood. This bull that the high priest sacrificed unto the Lord after it was this after the, the choice portions were taken, the remains had to be placed outside the camp. And I, and I believe that a document here that I wanted to, to share. But it describes to us believe depending on how we our understanding of what a cubic um, feet was but from the I think it's 3,000 feet feet my calculations might not be so correct but anyway there, there is a, a measurement from inside the tabernacle that goes in the form of a circle from that point that will this that will allow the entire nation to understand where the boundaries of the camp was and so outside of this boundary there was a place designated because if we recognize that the Lord said, carry it away to a place outside the camp that is ceremonially clean. The place where the ashes are dumped. And we will get into that. And there on the ash heap, he will burn it on a wood fire. Now, brothers and sisters, seeing that Paul says he died, Jesus suffered and died outside the city gates to make his people holy by means of his own blood. So let us go out to him outside the camp 
and bear the disgrace he bore to be crucified with him to be nailed with him to allow ourselves to die with him that Christ may live within us that the new life that we live will not be from our old past because we are dead we are crucified with him we suffered with him we bore the disgrace with him that we can be in a right standing with him The, the death and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that cleanses us from our sins. 